sir. We wear caps and sleeves at this level, son. Understood? Hey, everybody. We are coming at you on the other side, baby. Lockout is over. The sun is shining again. Maybe not so much in Cleveland, but like in a metaphorical kind of sense. Cleveland's burning right now. Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, no. I can't say things like in general in the Cleveland sports world are good. But, hey, we're going to get into some stuff. Uh, Talking about baseball, of course. We're going to try not to uh, get too crazy about the Browns. It it might seep into our discussions uh, (laughs) because we're sickos. But um, this is the California Penal League podcast, a baseball podcast. Uh, I'm Steve. Uh, with me, as always, is Fabs and Chris. Um, and we haven't done an episode in a little bit uh, because the lockout was raging. Yeah, there was nothing to talk about. We covered literally it nothing yep. to talk about. And we were we were we were reduced to doing a retrospective on the 2012 uh, Cleveland Indians season. It was a season, fun listen. Which was great. I, I enjoyed listening to it. It was really. And please it go was, back it was and great. listen to it. it, it I, was still wanna, I still want to do the uh, the. The O two and the ninety two one. So oh, it's happening. No, trust I me, think, it's happening. I think we should, we'll be yeah. dropping those at some point. Uh, we could probably get one in before the season starts if we if we're ambitious enough. I think so. Yeah, we have a little yeah. bit of time. So the season's starting. That is a thing. Um, yes. When it seemed like all hope was lost, out of nowhere, the owners and the players' association came to a deal. Um, they drum circle together and they just. They, they met for out. more than 15 minutes. Yeah, that, that actually helps. That, the key. That, that helps, I've, yeah. I've discovered. Once they started canceling games and everybody, the public perception was against the owners, I think ever, I think the writing was on the wall where they were like, uh-oh, we need to like maybe actually do this. So it happened. Uh, there's a new CBA, and uh, we'll get into some of the details, but the things that you need to know, most importantly, are the Cleveland Guardians are finally embarking on a new era starting – weirdly April 7th at Kansas city um, in an afternooner. And then they get the customary day off after. And then what's really wild is that, and this is great for the guardians is their home opener is now a Friday night game, middle of April nice. against I, the giants. I, I wouldn't That's a cool opponent. I would no, It's also Jackie Robinson day. So, um, Casual fans will be super confused, which I'm excited for. Uh, yes, I'm not sure about the game time. I, I I I think there might be something there. I have no evidence. You think they'll switch it? I could see it because that that um, that home opener kind maybe. of just quietly got moved and time switched. There was uh, have the Guardians even they, acknowledged it on Twitter. Like, by the way, we're now playing the seventh instead of the eighth. I don't even. Uh, yeah. So well, they. Yeah, they. Who knows? I mean, I could see like that week them being like, oh, actually, it's four o'clock. But I could. I could yeah, also see. I, them I could being see like, it getting not, bumped up to like a four o'clock. I mean, that'd be cool. But the thought of it being a night game is pretty neat. Oh, I'm. Yeah. I'm super, night I'm game? super excited for that idea. <laughs> yeah. So that's. And an interleague opponent, like I don't, I don't have they ever had a season uh, season home opener against an interleague opponent? We have not, not that I can recall. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. remember that. 
We well, also are so, um, opening the opening day opponent for the Reds. Oh, oh, their home opener. Yeah, which that's always a yeah. giant party. Their fans are going to be fucking drunk as shit. With and but that rightfully doing, so. so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, God. God. Yeah. So the so the Guardians now open at Kansas City at the Reds, and then they come back for the home series against the Giants and the White Sox. And then, in all of baseball's infinite wisdom, we go right to New York to play the Yankees uh, in April. However, one of so there's a lot of stuff that's been thrown, you know, a part of the CBA and stuff that like has isn't even taking place this year. But one of the things I was very into, uh, among you know, the dollar stuff is, I mean, whatever. It's like I'm very glad the yeah. players. Got and we'll more get money, into that, like yeah. clearly. Yeah, uh, but the thing that I like. Aside from the Universal DH, aside from expanded playoffs, which we now have 12 teams per league, uh, or I'm sorry, 12 teams total, <laughs> not 12 per league. 12 teams um, per league. Too bad. Hey, sorry, sorry Pirates Detroit. Are the only ones not making it. Yeah. Baltimore. Uh, Pirates and Orioles. Yeah, yeah. right. And yeah. Uh, I am very into this new schedule. So in 2023, I believe, yes. the schedule, yes. Yes. I, we've been harping on this for years and years. Is we talked about this in our one of our episodes. We, oh yeah, like we like fix baseball. Chris, yeah, we did, like we all like kind of like Chris like brought this idea up, and then like we all kind of like came to a consensus very similar to what was decided. Yeah, Chris actually works in the league office. He's never really told us. Yeah, Chris has been an insider this whole time. He's Manfred's stepson. No, don't put that <laughs> mojo on me, man. I don't want to be associated with that guy. I'm sorry, but yeah, the new schedule is. They're basically going to slice off a series from like divisional games. Yep. And essentially moving forward, you will now every year have at least one series against every other team in baseball, which like is such a no brainer for yeah. increasing awareness of players. And like, you know what? It's when you have 162 games. You know what? Man. It's going to like basketball does it. It's going to open the door that one. Expansion does occur after the Tampa Bay Rays move to Montreal and the Oakland Athletics move to Vegas and expansion occurs. The Rays will go to Nashville. I think they're going to get, I think Nashville will be more of a prime um, expansion team. There's, there's something with Montreal. Montreal. There's something there. There is Mm. something there. And I refuse to let that die. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I I might be, you know, I'll take that even probably to the day I die. And hopefully yeah. my grandkids are like, there's grandpa spewing off crazy he's talking things about, about Montreal, Montreal again. again. Is there a war that he fought in there? <laughs> or something. We don't know what he's talking about. But anyways. Like the Bolsheviks. Um, they're expanding to 32 teams eventually. And I feel like the schedule is just priming us for a, a a division of us, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and Detroit. Or something that. like that. Regionalized AL, NL, those are bygone eras. And you're going to have eight divisions of four teams each. And the schedule is going to go down to 156. That'd be fun. Like, that's what I feel like we're, we're 
staring at in about 10 years. Mm. Or they increase it to 365, and we have a game every day. <laughs> How will they play like the playoffs? <laughs> yeah. Endless double yeah, they do. They, they do so many doubleheaders so they can make room for the playoffs. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, eventually realignment will be will absolutely happen. I mean, it's it's a necessity. It's inevitable. I mean, yeah. Sorry, Tampa. Sorry, Oakland. In the wise, in the, in the infamous words of our owner, enjoy it while you have it. I'm paraphrasing. Oh yeah, enjoy, or enjoy him. Enjoy him. Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy them. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy them. them. Yes. Yeah. Oh God. So, all right. So the expanded playoffs: twelve teams, universal DH. Yes. We've talked about mm-hmm. very quickly the cl- collective or the um, the uh, competitive tax balance threshold. Tax threshold is has been increased to like 230 million this year with like various increases yeah, moving forward. It's like I'm whatever. worried we're going to have to pay it this year. Dude. <laughs> it's like it would be like an impossibility. You, you know, know like you know that only two only teams really like two have ever paid it a million away. There's only been two teams who have ever paid that tax. What is it the Dodgers and Yankees? No, I think or the Red Sox. I thought the Padres paid it this year. Oh, did they? Well, the Yankees Dude, have actually I, been fairly for all of like the Yankees being the Yankees. They've actually been fairly frugal. They're they're trying to stay under that tax. Yeah, the are. Mets are going to yeah. the, the, the Mets Steve will. Cohen tax. The Mets are certainly going to pay it. Um, oh God, and they're still going to finish third in their division. Like, dude, yeah. I mean, the Mets. You know, they're an interesting case in that, like, they they have, like, about a billion tradable pieces now. And so I don't really know what they're going to do. They they have to, like, start moving guys because they have, like, literally no room on the roster for, like, all these guys they signed. So. Yeah, but I heard this still get, ha- well, I was going to say, I heard the asking prices on some of those guys is still quite high. Well, this is what getting this is what gets into sort of like the state of everything now it's like there's been a frenzy the first couple of days in terms of trades and some free agent signings but like you think about like some of these teams there's still even for the season being like three weeks away there's a long way to go to like all of this settling oh you know what I mean? like in any other sport it's like oh yeah we don't know who like we don't know who's on our team. The season's three weeks out. Dude, I mean, the first, they start playing. The, I mean, yeah, Friday they're playing is the first training. game. Yes. So we're recording this on Tuesday, the 15th. And the yeah, uh, spring training game start on Friday. You better get like, better get your stuff together. <laughs> like, and find, like some, you know, if the Guardians want an outfielder, like any day now would be great. There's there's a dozen yeah. out there just waiting to be Pick had. One. I think I just need that. I just need if we just get the outfielder, I'll feel good because Naylor's Naylor's like recovering at a much quicker pace than than that June return date that they were talking about like a month and a half ago. Like I, I think we might see him in in uh in like mid to late May. Whatever sixty days is, Whatever is my days. game is my prediction. So end of. Okay, so yeah, it would be the end of with the April seventh start. So it would have to be beginning of June. Then. Yeah, that's my prediction okay. based on pure speculation. 
because hey, we're allowed to speculate. I, here. I'm excited for him. I, I, I think I, I think he's going to have a, a pretty uh, good like bounce back season. Yeah, you know. At the same time, though, almost any of those outfielders that are currently on the either free agent market or the trade market um, would instantly be the best outfielder outside of <laughs> outside of Miles Straw. <laughs> I love the I love the, this is the this is great uh, uh, recording here because that crash you just heard is fabs. Taking his son away from the mic. Oh, oh that's funny. Um, but no, the uh, anybody that they bring on would instantly become the best outfielder. Like I was looking at even Jock Peterson, who allegedly the Guardians are tied to at this moment as an interested party. We'll call it. We've been. I, we've he, been before you dig or you know you continue. I shouldn't say digress. It has been kind of nice seeing us at least tied to some names. Yeah. It gives me some hope. Yeah, because even the Guardians were like, quote unquote, in the mix for even Matt Olson and not in like a not in like a even like sarcastic way, like a legitimate like the Guardians were making an offer, basically. And I just think that they I think the asking price was very steep. I think it was probably like an Espino um yes you know arius jones Tyler freeman freeman you know yeah basically they just wanted all of our top five prospects i think and well and and uh you know matt olson got an insanely nice deal and did. the braves got an insanely te- nice team friendly extension that they got to sign him for but i don't know if the guardians would have been able to get that because matt olson is from atlanta yeah so hundred yeah, percent. There's, so, you know, as I as we were talking before, that's that's kind of obviously not that length of what eight years. It goes through twenty nine, yeah. Um, but that's the kind of dollar figure, you know, low twenties. I I take that to Hosey. You know, hey, here's a four year, eighty million, you know, eighty two million dollar year. <laughs> My goodness, uh, just made him the Someday. highest <laughs> highest paid player by long shoot. No, 80. <laughs> triple. By just, yeah, just here's 84 a year. No, 84 over, you know, four years or something like that. Um, you know, yeah, make the, it somewhere. Yeah, in that the Olsen deal you know, of 20, 20 million a year. Yeah, the Olsen deal is what you're kind of saying. It's 50. He makes 15 million in this year. Uh, twenty-one million in in two thousand twenty-three. So they they bought out his uh arbitration years. Then he gets twenty-two million a year from twenty-four to twenty-nine. Like you would take that deal in a second for Ramirez. Hundred percent. I mean, no doubt. So he'd retire here. You know, he'd be yeah. he'd be a guardian for life, which would be sweet. So, um, the one thing I will say is that that does set like a nice market precedent potentially if the guardians were to go to ramirez and say like hey look we're looking to give you something like in this ballpark would you be interested mm-hmm. and uh maybe he is maybe he's not you know that you know remains to be seen i feel like he's somebody who would be based on his initial contract that he signed yeah with cleveland but you know who the hell knows i i you know so that's one thing um i don't think he I, it, again 
he doesn't really talk too much. And it's not the Guardian's MO to um, share financial details. But from, you know, listening to people in the know, he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who is holding out for every last penny. Um, and his agent doesn't seem to have some pie-in-the-sky notion of, you know, $30 million a year kind of mm-hmm. type deal. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully 21, 22 gets it done. Um, but yeah, we'll know, see. Dolan well, and, I know that there are... Uh, any other owners would have to make the offer first. Yeah, I know Antonetti was basically saying that, like, you know, things are moving so fast that we haven't even been able to, like, think about internal extensions at the moment. It's like, th- the quote I'm was like, things that used to happen the doubt on that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I mean, you're looking at the speed at which things are happening with, like, again, three weeks to go until the season. It's like, Basically, from now until the start, you're going to be seeing just like an, an absurd flurry of moves that are taking place. So like I, on some level, I understand. Again, this is how it always goes. On some level of it, I understand the frustration that people have where you're seeing all these yeah. other teams wheeling and dealing in the first couple of days of free agency or whatever. And you're like, what the hell are the Guardians doing? And. I could even understand like seeing like a the Jesse Winker trade and being like, why didn't we do that? <laughs> because holy shit, that deal is really juicy for the Mariners. But and I'll put devil's advocate, but f- yeah, finish your thought there. Sorry. Well, but I was going to say, but I'll also on that thought, the reason that the deal was so nice was because the Mariners were taking on Eugenio Suarez's like bonkers contract. Exactly. And that's what I was just about to say. I was going to say it could have been like, hey, we'll toss in Winker, but you need to take this deal, too. Mm hmm. So. Um, and, and who knows? You know, we were, up, you know, according to um, Paul Hoynes, you know, we made an offer for Winker. Maybe it was just Winker because like. Truth be told, there's not a whole lot on that team that's prob- at, that was on that team that was available that I would really want outside of Winker. Um, unless like I take Joey Votto. Unless, if they I was going to say, unless it, like but... somehow they were just like, you can just also have Joey Votto sure. for nothing. I'd be like, okay, sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, he's he's probably got <laughs> a couple of years left. But again, I mean, at this point in his career, he knows what he, where he's at. He's probably oh, got some bad kind of no trade now. clause. Yeah. yeah. God, it's going to be real bad for Votto him. in the. Uh, what's what there? Is it? Are they Louisville? Louisville? Okay, we got to come up with like a Miggy in the Mud Hens kind of like. Yeah, Miggy in the Mud. Like slander for the Reds. Um, I think they're the Bats. Yeah. All right, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll workshop um, it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, again, I do understand on some level the frustration that people the have. Bats, yeah. Louisville Bottom. bats. Yeah, that's what I thought. The frustration that people have with, you know, 
maybe standing pat and doing nothing and a couple moves you're like okay wait why didn't we do that yeah but at the same time you know i still think there's so much i mean there's there is so much still out there because what the move that just happened tonight so as we right before we were recording we saw that the yankees are going to re-sign anthony rizzo so so the yankees now have their first baseman which effectively puts luke voigt almost out of a job so now all of a sudden well, you could say well time out who do they just also get from minnesota donaldson donaldson Josh so donaldson. he's gonna be their third baseman IFK is their Eugene shortstop. Lemayhu will be their second baseman. Lemayhu, yeah, will be second base. Yeah, no, that yeah, a hundred percent. That puts Voight on the market now. You know, yeah, you and there were rumblings last year he was available. Yeah, they don't want him. <laughs> they straight up do not want him, and you could well, get him for probably nothing. Yeah, and it's only a matter of time before Judge or Stanton needs to be a full time DH because their bodies are falling apart. Absolutely. I mean, and, and Judge, Stanton, especially. And, 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 and uh, Judge apparently was asked today, too, if he's vaccinated. He absolutely is not. And <laughs> the answer he gave me. Yeah, does, they have that mandate. Yeah, yeah and they have that mandate. So, like, Kyrie. hey, yep. like. You're, dude's not going to be playing in Toronto. Dude's, dude's not going to be playing in New York. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That dude could be oh, that dude could right. li- effectively be playing like a 70 game schedule. Only That's the road ideal. games. I would love that. That's what I want the season to be, 70 games. So we'll call it the Aaron Judge vaccination tour. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, he's going to have to like I mean, we're he's, they're going to have to figure that out like immediately. Yeah. Like he's going to have to go get it. Does he I, I forgot about that. Now does baseball give you game checks? Yeah. If you're not able to play because of vaccination status. Oh well, I, good question there. I don't know. I actually, I'm of the belief that the Yankees would move Judge in a heartbeat. Yeah, they should if they could. Yeah, I think they're kind of pot committed to him, so to speak. And uh, well, they don't have to give him that huge deal. I mean, he's 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 like about ready to have to get signed to something. So. I, you know, with the DH in the National League now, though, some teams going to pay for him. Yes, and actually, that would be smart. Some team in the NL would be like, we would take Aaron Judge as a friggin' DH. Could you imagine him playing just like in Denver, <laughs> dude? Dude, <laughs> yes. That'd if be, they signed, if they if the, if the Rockies managed to pull off like Chris Bryant, and then they just go and trade for like Aaron Judge, <laughs> just like, <laughs> just like, and they still have like a five. Five ERAs with their pitching. Oh yeah, no, their ERA will never not be. They'll still finish behind the Padres, Dodgers, and Giants. (laughs) Yeah, they're so screwed. (laughs) So Judge is a free agent after this season. Okay, so after this season. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's going to be thirty-one, which isn't like super old, but also like, and he's hurting all the time. Yeah, you're not going to wait. He's not going to get like a seven. I mean, he might from a team that is like. $40 $40 million payroll. Like, we need some fans here, like the, the Pirates. I was going to say, Pittsburgh's you know, like, we need to sell some tickets. Or, yeah. One of those well, you know, teams would be perfect for him. The funny thing is, 
the Pirates, if they were to hold on to Brian Reynolds, who's been a trade target we've talked about many, many times, if they were to hold on to Brian Reynolds and then they also just like were like, F it, we're going to sign Aaron Judge to an eight-year deal and him and Brian Reynolds are going to anchor our lineup while the prospects come up, that actually isn't the craziest thing on the planet. That's not that nuts. Unfortunately, they don't have the pitching prospects. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they have like I mean, one or two, but and, and, and well, then they're you know, gonna, time can change. Exactly. Who knows? I mean, you could you could sign dudes anywhere. Although I will say the thing, the thing that make should make Guardians fans fairly, you know, rational ones at least, rational Guardians fans happy at the moment is that there is such a like lack of starting pitching on the market right now that like you're looking at d- teams that are like, Oh, I went, we went to like Julio Tehran's workout and like, <laughs> I guess we'll sign him. Like yeah. that's how grim of a situation it is out in the world for teams that need pitching. Yeah. People should be so happy that the guardians have so much pitching that they're like, we have too much and we need to move it. Like yeah. there's Dude, literally too much pitching here. I got super like revved up when, before they even reached the agreement, when it was like Bieber and like Plesak and Co. Just throwing. Just firing off. Yeah, firing off balls. And Bieber's like, I'm fucking, I've been at 100% for like months, you bitches. And I'm just like, yeah, you are. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like so amped. I'm so amped for this rotation yeah. to like, just like go to town and then like get two runs in offensive That's I know, man. That, but that, you know, they're not. They're not that far off. It's like if they literally brought in one outfielder and maybe a first baseman, you could be like, boom, I think we're okay. okay." So that's a good segment or segue, I should say, to to my because me and Fabs in our group text were saying, you know, that we're nervous about the lack of moves. Um, So and, and I told you guys I had something saved for this. So. My concern is that we end up getting set outfielder and it's a Jock Peterson or Tommy Pham. And that's yes, Right. Because I was looking at some of the non-roster invitees and we have, um, let me pull it up. Here quickly. I will say Oscar Gonzalez is much bit he's like two inches bigger and like thirty pounds heavier. The man is a beast. Yeah. So yeah. we have Will Benson, who's like still like clinging on to a minor league spot because he was a number one overall pick. Wasn't he the number one pick in the year that we also drafted Bieber Savali? I believe Pusek? so. Yeah, because yes. he was on high school. He was the top pick. Yeah. yeah. Oscar Gonzalez, like you just mentioned, who I mean, they're already showing video of him, you know, crushing I was, it. I was excited to watch him mash some balls. How lucky are we that the Rule 5 draft got canceled? Yeah. Because when we just get to keep him. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then yeah, maybe. the last outfielder that's been invited is Daniel Johnson. And how many? How much time did we spend talking about Daniel Johnson, Zimmer, and Mercado? And we're like... We basically at the end of the year we're like, look, if there are fifth outfielder, we're, we'll take any one of those. Mm-hmm. But if they're starting, yeah, yikes! Right, I just have this 
feeling that we're going to get like a Tommy Pham or a Jock Peterson, somebody who can probably play 120 games, you know, and start a lot, but not start like all 162. And then we're just going to like roll the dice with like some kind of like internal candidate because don't forget about Stephen Kwan. Don't forget oh, about uh, no, Palacios. No. Um, George Naylor. Valara isn't too far away. Naylor. Like, that is my You want to know the dreaded situation. You want to know the thing that will make your head spin, which they could very well do, is they sign someone like Jock Peterson strictly for a platoon role. Oh, God. And he bats against the righties. And Oscar Mercado, who hit like 280 against lefties, that's you. you we got stuck with like, Shades of Jason Michaels and David Zalucci. Did I literally saw somebody saying Peterson with Mercado in a platoon role would be pretty tasty? I, I saw like, that fucking, too. I'm gonna I fucking s- throw up on my computer. Like, I saw that too. A normal outfield uh, situation. Like I, I don't want to be platooning everybody but Miles Straw. Like, I would. God, I would be okay with that if we get a Reynolds or a Cedric Mullins. Or yeah, you know, Dude, I'm gonna like, say right now, Peterson is like, if we get that's the that's the best you can hope for right now, man. Like they they will bring in one guy. Like I would be utterly like shocked. If, I, I mean, if the one guy is Reynolds, well, like cool, because then you you have two of your outfield positions figured out. And then, the problem and, then becomes, and then if Peterson is a bit, kind of, if Peterson's our big free agent signing, I'm cool with that. Give me a Brian Reynolds, Miles Straw, Jock Peterson outfield for 130 games. And then. Oh, I mean, that's I, our dude. outfield. That's we're competing for the division if that's our outfield, as long as our pitching stays healthy. Because then, you know, we have a better rotation than the White Sox. Yeah. Like, I'll take that for, you know, a bulk of the season. And we can have Mercado start a couple games here I'm and there. We're not going to do anything. That's my. my that's where I'm at. I'm worried they're going to be like, well, Naylor will come on. And, yeah, I'm praying that Naylor comes on, too, and, and you know, picks up on some of the momentum he had last year. But, like, that's not a certainty. And they're like, oh, well, we'll just, like, roll it with Mercado. And, like, I, I don't know. Like, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens with, I, I feel um, like you know, Oscar Gonzalez yeah. and Daniel Johnson. And, and we'll just, like, we'll, we'll mix and match to make it work. And, like, that's not a solution because then you – you really only have like one through five solidified in your in your uh, uh, batting lineup. I still I think would say that though that Naylor ends up at first base. Ugh, that's grim. I mean, I with his say, injury, like pro- might be, yeah, yeah. But the team has been. I would say that the if you're reading the tea leaves, the team has been too active in trade discussions dating back like literally a year plus. And Antonetti's been like, we have the money to spend. And he said that multiple times over the off season, before and after the lockout. Now, that for me, yeah, it's good. Some stuff's gonna happen. It's just like it's a matter of just like taking a step back and being like, just like take take a deep breath and being like, okay, something will happen here. Yeah, no, and I agree. It's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. And. I think it's human nature to get a little antsy with, you know, seeing everybody else do stuff, you know, we're not the only, we're not the only, I'll say this. We're not the only fan base waiting for our team to do something. No. And, and, and the reality is like the only team I'm worried about in our division 
is, at least for this year, is the White Sox. Like they're obviously the front runners. I think the Royals will be pretty good. Twins are um, trying to do well. Twins are trying to do some juicy stuff. The Royals still they do not are. Have they're old as shit though, and they don't have Nelson Cruz to like juice the hell out of their their lineup. <laughs> so like, yeah, like yeah. I, I I don't know, man. I I don't buy. I I really think it would be a two team race, and if our pitching stays healthy, I think we can like last. I get, getting that additional like the six team playoff that was like super big yep. for the Guardians. Like that, I think that is. Yeah, and that's where where I think the frustration of like at least do some kind of move. Like if you just stand pat, like that would be super disappointing when the playoffs are like very very doable this year. So somebody and this I should have brought, we should have brought this up earlier. I don't know if you guys even saw this, but somebody did like if you go back like the last I want to say like ten years and. um drew up what the the playoffs would look like per league, the average win total to get in would have been like 89 or something like that. So, you know, a healthy rotation, getting some guys back healthy, adding a piece or two, nine more wins is quite achievable in this division. Yeah, I mean, if the rotation wasn't decimated last year, they probably would have been an 89-win team fairly easily. They, or I at mean, least a heck of a lot right? closer. I mean, they would have at least been like 85-86. Yeah, you got I mean, you got to think. You you had the freaking uh, reigning Cy Young. You had two guys who were competing for the Cy Young that both were out for three, yeah. two to three months. Like, that's... Crazy. Let's also not take for granted that Terry Francona missed a bunch mm-hmm. of games. He's worth a win or two easily. Yeah. Also, your bullpen's going to get better because they were all super young last year. Yeah. You had a rookie. You had a rookie closer who is like developing. He put on like some good weight. Like I saw him uh, pitching a bull a bullpen session. Like he he looked like he bulked up a bit and like he wasn't as like. He wasn't as as small as he was last year, so that got me very excited as well. I hope he's not. Hope he's not on the peds again, the PEDs again. I, I am worried. He he did get a ride <laughs> by Nelson Cruz. He got dropped off. No, so, no, not any more suspension, my man. I'm con- I'm con- I'm concerned. Have you? Have I? Because I haven't been able to find anything on it yet, Chris. You might have. Is Nick Sandlin healthy now? You know, I thought they were expecting him to be healthy. Yeah, I thought so too, but I wasn't a hundred percent. So basically, your I haven't heard anything to the contrary. Like, yeah, which is good because you're like locked in at the back end of your bullpen now, which is fantastic. Probably seven, so, eight, nine. You I still think say, what Karen check you know there what I mean? at seven? Yeah, I mean, yeah. If he can figure things think, out a I little think, bit, yeah. I think Although I'd still say he's pencil him in. Oh. I, in the right deal, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, we've thrown his name. And don't around. forget, Brian Shaw's not officially on the team yet either. <laughs> yeah, he certainly will be. <laughs> don't you worry. Like, don't <laughs> the only worry. Thing I hope Tri- for Brian Shaw's sake is that the team like makes it, does anything else before that? Because if the team does nothing for like four oh more days, and all of a sudden they just announce like a Brian Shaw signing, 
people will go nuts and like people will the be stadium to the ground. With, yes. with the, if the Brown stuff is still at a standstill or like all the quarterbacks are gone and the big move is, and like another key Cavs player gets injured. And then the big move is like the Shaw trade or the Shaw deal. <laughs> the city will just implode. Oh gosh. <laughs> no, the thing, I'll, I'll tell you I'll what, bunk, the sad I'll thing about the down for a few days. Yeah. The sad thing, because there really is nobody in like Cleveland sports that people get more irrationally pissed about than Brian Shaw. <laughs> yeah. But I would say the thing that the guard here's the Guardian's biggest problem is that I even if that happened, I almost wonder if it, their biggest issue is that it's like the apathy of people in Cleveland. And that's even more of a reason for them to like try and do something. Because like mo- right now, people are just like, I don't even care. I don't even care about baseball. Oh, and there's definitely, yeah. Just talking, you know, like, just talking to a lot of casual fans that I've that I interact with. Apathy is very real. Yeah, I think it's a, a lack of spending or perceived spending mixed with the whole CBA. Some people are still, yeah, still upset about the the name change. Yeah, there's all the the CBA deal, like it. Some people are holding on to the Lindor stuff, like for whatever reason. It's been um, a bad couple of years. People still holding like, on to the CC stuff. It is. Yeah, people oh, yeah. are still holding on to the CC stuff. Okay, wait. Speaking of CC, my man, um, I will say this: in terms of moves that the Guardians have actually made, um, well, one isn't really worth all that much to talk about. But they did sign a backup catcher. So Luke Mail, uh, they signed as a backup catcher. So whatever, <laughs> you know, Austin Hedges is your hey, catcher. God he is going to be Luke Mayo's going to be on this opening day roster. Mark my words. Oh, he totally is. He's your backup. Like they've they've yeah. certainly signed their backup catcher. Which, like, again, whatever, you know. Okay, I mean, he's keeping the he's keeping the seat warm for Lavastida. Yes, no doubt. Now, what I will say because. The Guardians know a thing or two about getting a player to be named later from the Brewers, as you all know. Uh, the player to be named later in the J.C. Mejia trade finally came through. And yeah. it's not a name that anybody really is going to know right off the rip. Or should know. We, or should know. But I'll tell you what. Uh, David Fry could be a sneaky, interesting guy at some point he's a former seventh round pick of the brewers and he again was just tossed in with the jc mejia trade but like if you look at his stats from 2021 they are pretty good um doesn't have a ton of pop plays catcher and any real infield position um but in about like what 52 at bats at triple A last year after coming up from double A, he hit like 289, 383, 462. Um, and honestly, he's had like a pretty good minor league career. He's like an interesting backup catcher slash utility guy, maybe. One <laughs> big problem with him. Yeah. He's 26 years old. So yeah, I mean the big problem there is he's twenty six. He's not going to be. Yeah, I he mean, could be. He could be up this year though. That would be sure, sure. But again, you're looking at it. You're looking at like a situation where it's like, don't we have 
enough like infielders to deal with. And like now all of a sudden we've got like 82 catchers. So like where would he no, fit? We really but only I, have three. Now, yeah, now but with I him. guess I would say in a couple of years, all of a sudden it's going to become like this super log I, jam. Apparently. No, I have a theory it, well, it about shouldn't. what they're doing. It shouldn't become My a theory jam. is we have this. the great Cleveland clinic and they're going to take some of these extra middle in, infielders and make them into a mega person Ooh. in the Cleveland clinic Ooh. to make them this like these eight foot tall giants. Like when the little rascals get on top of each other. Yeah, on top of, yes, exactly. <laughs> Wearing yes. like a giant trench coat. They're going to yes. like, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, it's funny. It's so funny. Uh, you could you could literally shed like so, everybody who was in the infield almost. Like, but aside from Jose Ramirez and Ahmed Rosario, you could just shed all the infielders off this roster right this second, and you'd like lose. It wouldn't change a single thing. When and lost. you could and you yeah. could be like Tyler Freeman. You're just going to start the season here, and and yeah. be like you're good. We're good. Like we're going to ride with you, so, man. Like it, you know, that is like the kind of glut of middle infielders that the Guardians have and like other teams covet, but like might not realize like eh, a lot of these guys are like maybe quadruple A players and you could parlay it into relievers. You could parlay it into like an outfielder who's like not a, you know, maybe household name, but like decent. It's like. I don't know, man. There's just there's just too many options out there where I just cannot see them standing pat. The more and more the inner workings are kind of like the wheels are turning. I'm like, I I cannot see them looking at this roster and being like, yeah, I'm down with like they they know what they need. Like they're the one. It's thing, just a matter like, of getting it like to their liking. It's like it's exactly. not easy to get. It's not easy to get yeah. guys with years of control who are like younger or, and would potentially be open to like an extension. Right. Right. I mean, that's, a, that's at least the positive is like, we know the front office knows what they need. Like we have a great front office. It's just the spending, like, are they going to do it? And I know there's the anxiety for fans and us included of, cause I know Bieber, I think it was today Bieber. No, it was yesterday. Bieber came out and was like, I want to do an extension. Like his people mm-hmm. are, are trying to get an extension done. And he's like, I want to, like, I love the organization. I want to stay here. And that's, I mean, I know we've. Did they say he was actively trying to get one? Like he, his, he, people, he came out and even said, like, I want yeah. to stay here. Is it, do you see that as more like talk or do you find that to be like a genuine? It seemed pretty I, genuine, but. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, like I I think he also sees that like he's surrounded by a a great like he he's in a pretty good spot being an ace like being an actual ace because he has like four other guys who are like all legitimately great. A couple of them could even be aces. And so like he doesn't if he is an off day, you know, it's not like the weight of the world isn't on his shoulders because he has. Savali after him. Yeah. And, Cal and there's something that there's and like then, something like, to be yeah. said for like playing in Cleveland and not like going and signing a mega deal somewhere 
And yeah, oh yeah, with the Mets like, or the Yankees or the Red Sox, a lot of pressure that comes with those deals. So much more pressure. That yeah, no. And our our division, you know, obviously the White Sox are a good team, but we're not in the AL East. Like it's still a very winnable division. We're not in the we're not in the West, which is getting a little bit like Houston's still going to be there, still going to be really good. Like the mm-hmm. White Sox are the worst of the division leaders right now in the AL. That's a weird thing to think. And I mean, you're not, I'm not saying you're wrong, but it's like, that's crazy. (laughs) If like, yeah, if you could, because you could conceivably say the White Sox are. Especially with what the um, Toronto's looking to do. Mm -hmm. Like they have, they're going to go four teams deep and then there's the Orioles. (laughs) The, yeah, the double A Orioles basically at this point. Every team. The Orioles might win 30 games this year. I was gonna say every team in that in that division is just like automatically like they 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 just put nineteen wins in the win column. Yeah, I will say I will say this about the I would say the Red Sox strike me as a team that could take a big drop this year. Uh, I think that's I still yeah, don't they think they have the last year. <laughs> Yeah, and I still they don't, don't think have, they have right. The they don't have the pitching. Um, but I mean, I think Toronto, yeah. New York, and the Rays are all like right there. Um, I saw our boy Kluber today throwing some some heat in a Rays spring training uniform. It was beautiful. How did that make <sighs> you feel, dude? It almost I I immediately went to the New Era site to to look at the Rays spring training hats. I'm thinking about buying those. <laughs> I'm thinking about buying one this year. <laughs> all of them, all of them, all every type, every size. Uh. I like the Rays. The thing. All right. Well, I like the I like so many other teams spring training hats this year better than the Guardians. Because if the Guardians had not been dumbasses and just put the fastball G, I would have gotten it in a second. But like because all these other teams are doing their fun, silly logos like the Brewers one is that in cool fairness. <sighs> do, do we yes. know for certain if it's the team or is it kind of dictated by new era oh that's true that is a good that's a great question i don't know um i need i need to have somebody to be mad at so i'll be mad yeah. at the team fair enough for not putting their for not putting their foot down and demand for not, a, for not uh, fighting harder team. at least <laughs> i don't know i just think i always think the spring training hats are sweet and like a lot of teams get weird with it like the brewers one is very cool uh the rockies always do a cool their alternate logo yeah. cardinals do a good one and like here we are stuck with the diamond C on all the hats. So whatever. I don't know. I'm bitter about it. Um, um you brought up a name anyway. and I heard something interesting. And this is just a little food for thought, I guess, more than anything. Ahmed Rosario to left field. Um, if you were con- the problem is You'd have to be the problem is I don't think you, they are confident in any other like they yeah, they have all these middle infielders, but I think the Guardians are looking at all of them being like, uh, holy shit, we don't like any of them. Like we don't like any of these guys. And I think that their biggest like yeah. concern is like, I don't know if they think Gabriel Arias is gonna be what he might think or what originally thought to be i mean owen miller and ernie clement like 
the jury's out, but like, uh, you're uh, second base. I think they like pieces of all of those guys' games, but you're right. I don't think they like them all around, you know, to be a starting offense, you know, defense, base running. You know, uh, I would. I like the thought. I, you know, it's just yeah. I, I like the thought. It's just like I actually don't think the Guardians are all that excited about anybody. They've tried to give Andres Jimenez more of an opportunity, and like he's not doing anything with it. And uh, Arias like had a pretty good year in AAA, but I don't know. Which is why we to need say. to sell off these extra pieces before the jury's out on these guys. Before too many people find exactly. out. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh. Yeah, you need two bodies. You need two, maybe three bodies. Just bundle all these these dudes up and get something. Yeah, I mean, you have to. There's, like, not much. Because, like, either middle of this year uh, into next, Tyler Freeman is going to be here. And he's going to be your second baseman. And, like that effectively would shut out Ernie Clement, Owen Miller, and possibly even like Yu Chang. Yeah. Because Yu Chang is like losing positions left and right. So although Though he did start working at first base and he was hitting at the end of last year. So I am not, I'm not closing the book on Yu Chang, but um, I find it interesting. I found it interesting and telling that the guardians were like, they went to Ahmed Rosario and were like, "You're our starting shortstop. Don't worry about it." Yeah, that's an no. That's I mean, you have a point there, but he's so bad defensively. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. like, oh, can yeah. we just like, yeah. Now I see what these Mets fans were talking about. Like, mm-hmm. yes. so I don't know. It was just a thought that. <sighs> no, I mean, I heard look, it elsewhere. I, I heard it elsewhere, and I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Well, if they, if I think the Guardians are would be with you on that, they're just like, get, they'd probably be like, give us, tell us who it should be, tell us like who else we could put here, because like nobody's doing anything with it, you know. It's like they tried to give, they tried to make Andre Semenes the starting shortstop at the beginning of last season, yeah, and that blew up in their face. And uh, maybe there's something about Arias that they don't. Maybe they're like. We don't want to call him up because we don't want him to get any looks in the majors before we trade him. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, he we hit want like, no what, tape. 260 in triple A. It was. Yeah, it was OK. So like, it was OK, but it wasn't. Oh, my goodness. Like, so you're like, OK, 260 in triple A. You got to figure it probably drops by at least 15 to 20 points in the majors. At least initially. Right, yeah. I mean, his defense is great, but it's like the last thing the Guardians need is like another extremely light-hitting infielder. Uh, You know. Yeah, light-hitting infielder with a poor batting average. Yeah, we we run through those like 20 of them a year at this point. So, I don't know. That is... It's it very was just a thought. I, it was just a thought, and well, here's something I'm not I would advocating like for it, but I'm not a hundred percent opposed to. Yeah, you know, at least well, that would idea. be a very grim situation where the Guardians did nothing, and we're yes. like, what if we? They're just like trying to sell you on the idea of like that of 
how great it would be to have Ahmed Rosario in left field. It's like that would be that would be almost like, like hey, we fixed this problem out in the outfield. We think, yeah, oh, God, yeah, because it would be like then Stephen Kwan probably doesn't break the roster out of spring training. Well, he, he probably could. won't anyway. He could. As a he's the one young guy that I think could do it this year. I think they're super high on him. But again, then you're talking about an outfield of. Oh, it's bad. Like probably like 260 to 280 across the board with like at most 15 home runs from like all three spots each. Worst case scenario would be like, they're like, guess what? Right field is going to be Fran Mill Reyes sometimes. And left field will be Ahmed Rosario. <laughs> and like first base will be Bobby Bradley and Josh Naylor. Like gird your loins for that possible world. It's I literally, know. we would do nothing in that situation. I mean, yes. that's what you're describing is we do nothing. Yeah. And they sell you on the, and like, maybe they sign like, Ramirez to an extension and they're like see we did a thing yeah that that I could see like uh well yeah you guys did but kind of you did spend money but yeah like it's tough well let me ask you this uh as like a final thought here um of the people still out there let's stick with outfielders I guess for now um yeah that's that's pretty evident because I do like your idea of Voight. You know, he's, we'd have to trade for him, but yeah. Yeah, who do you, of the of the available outfielders, I know you're a Tommy Pham guy, so you could definitely talk about him, but like who would you, who are like your top, I don't know, top three, either through, I, I guess you'd say through trade or uh, realistically more like a free agent option um, that, that are still out there that they could pursue. I here's because so the name that you had on the list, the name you included on the list, I was like thinking about it earlier today. I was like, what if we had a reunion with Eddie Rosario? Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean about that it, too. Like that crossed my mind too, and so, I just think he hates it here. <laughs> that, that's my thinking. Um, I, I I don't think you're the only one who thinks that. Um, though he did put up phenomenal numbers against us when he was with Minnesota. Yeah, didn't seem to mind playing um, yeah, against the Indians. Gosh. So, I want to be realistic. Mm-hmm. Yet, get somebody that could really help us. Um, you know, I think we spent a lot of time covering Jock Peterson, I think he would be good. Um, I I just would be disappointed if he were the only acquisition mm-hmm. we made, whether it be trade or free agent. Yeah. Um, same with Tommy Pham. I like Tommy Pham, too. Um, both Peterson and Pham, to me, are perfect, like, two- to three-year deal type guys at Bridge the gap. a stopgap. Yep. To get to George Valara. Like, that kid's the yep. truth. Um, yeah, so I hear. 
Yeah, I hear he's the next Manny Ramirez. Yeah, I mean, I've seen him a it. few times in Lake County, and oof, like he's still so young, mm-hmm. and and you just can you know you just project you know two three years of growth. You're like, dang, this kid's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Um. You know, Brian Reynolds is still probably my number one. He's still probably number one. That asking um, price is seems probably so like, ridiculous. I know, I know. Um, it's got to be crazier but, than we ever thought. You know, I would t- I would go to them and say, you know, like we threw out. Here's Karen Check. Here's. Um, Nolan Jones, here's Nolan Jones, here's police or police sick, yeah. Um I mean that would get honestly, that would get it that would get it done. Like every time you see these deals and it's like it's like, oh, they only have to give up one top prospect. Everyone's like, holy shit, like what? Like you're talking right there, police act's like a reliable number two or three. Yeah. Karen Jack is like a reliable, he could be a closer, but he's at least a setup man. And you're talking about a top prospect. You're talking like, about two top prospects in Arias yeah. and Jones. Two top five oh, prospects yeah, okay. in the system. Yeah, if they don't take that deal, like they're fucking like insane. I, I, I with like another pitching thing, prospect like, that you throw in there. Yeah, some like random like single A guy. Yeah, that that should get it done. And like, why wouldn't you do it? It's not going to cost you anything. As you guys have both noted, like we don't have roster spots for like all these young guys. They already know, like, the one thing we've always talked about is our front office is a pretty good judge of, like, talent and also knowing, like, when to pull the ripcord on people. And, like, there's, like, six to eight guys that they could package for two really good outfield outfield starters tomorrow if they wanted to. And we wouldn't, like, miss a beat. We wouldn't really miss any depth. Yeah. They're just they're guys, they're names that like you're going to be familiar with, who, who for, for a specific reason, they haven't been in the majors yet, because our our front office knows, and Tampa won't do that trade because they are very savvy. They'd be like, no, no, we're good, but you know, right. a team like Pittsburgh, they they need they just need a bunch of bodies that have like pretty solid ones, and if two of those guys pan out. They in their mind they won the trade, and if Reynolds on our end plays to potential, like we yeah. won the trade too. Like yeah. it's it's like one of those situations. So yeah, I'm there with you. I, Reynolds is my number one. Peterson's another. I mean Peterson. Then you have like three or four dudes who are going to be at least mid twenties home run power. Yeah, guys, and that's that's all you need with, and and you have some good like on base percentage guys and. That's really all you need with this pitching rotation. And not to mention, now that um, Sanchez got traded from the Yankees to the Twins, Miles Straw is going to have a field day on the bases against the Twins. Yeah. Kenny Lofton's Ooh. numbers better, you know, guard their <laughs> loins out. because he's coming for those numbers. That's right. Yeah, they intend to make him the starter. But too, I, I, I got to see something, though. Yeah, the other name that I've considered a number of times that I would love to steal from the Mets, if it was possible, would be Jeff McNeil. Um, 
I unfortunately saw some news earlier tonight that he is yeah. their projected starting second baseman. Yeah, I saw Buck Showalter said that. Buck Showalter was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I want him to be the second baseman. Like, I I see him as our starting second baseman, but like, I don't know if like he's just saying that, or if like the front office is gonna be like, hey, about that, uh, he's not. So I I don't know. Like, this if the true. Guardians, who knows? You know, if the Guardians went to him and and were like, hey, look, uh, you know, he's 29." He had a down year last year. Uh, his he is signed through. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he's not a free agent until twenty twenty five. Yeah, he's just hitting arbitration. So like, that is a guy where I'm like, okay, you could eat, because he's twenty nine. You could probably get him at a decent cost, prospect ish slash starter wise. Like you could. You could throw him like Eli Morgan and be like, I don't know, man. Here, you could fill out the rest of your rotation when Jacob Degrom goes down in like mid June. You know, or like inevitably Scherzer, uh leaves next year. I mean, it's like you have no Drops idea. Out. It's it's yeah. It's like I don't think the Mets are as like solid as everyone, of course, like assumes them to be. As always, no, so, they're the Mets. Of course, they're yeah, not. exactly. Well, and it's like again, they're the uh, you know always be wary of the team that wins the off season and free agency and all that stuff. So, you know, we'll see. But I McNeil is a name that just really sticks out to me. He doesn't have a lot of pop um, to speak of, but uh, dude hits for an average. He'll give you, you know, in a full season, he'll give you twenty homers, twenty doubles, hit three hundred. Doesn't strike out a ton. Like he'd be, he'd be great. That's he'd be a great. He'd be a great left fielder. Yeah, I mean, my goodness, like that's all we're looking for. Like I'm trying to think of another way to say it, but that's really all we're looking for. That's all we need. It's not the the bar doesn't have to be like thirty home runs and a hundred RBIs, but like. Every team could use a Jeff McNeil, and hopefully the Mets are dumb yeah. enough to not realize that, and they trade him. <laughs> so I'm hoping that's the case, but who knows? You never. I mean, with the Mets, you never know. But they also have so many pieces and parts that, like, you know, they may have to start. How much is he I making used- this year? That's a good I question. Mean, if they want to get under well, the tax, they could start. They could start well, he's arbitration away with some eligible this now. Year one, so I'd have to see. Right yeah, I'd now, have to so see probably what be like four ish. Uh, yeah, let's like see him here. Is usually, going to probably make three to four mil. Yeah, let's pull it up here on uh, good old MLB trade rumors. They have him projected at just under three million. Okay, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's like it's not going to save him a boatload of money, but no, you know they package three or four guys like him, Dominic Smith, a couple of these like extra pieces and parts they got, and suddenly they're you know fifteen million dollars under the tax, and they can afford to take on some salary at the trade deadline. Man, I wanted Dominic yeah. Smith in that Lindor deal. Yeah. We were we were like he we has were all to about be in it. this deal, right? And then he had yeah. like a really terrible year last year, and I was like, "Oh, 
Never mind. <laughs> he he does no, seem good. a little redundant to me in the fact that like he he kind of screams Josh Naylor mm, a little bit. Okay. Um. Yeah. Naylor's cheaper. Younger. And Naylor's cheaper, younger, has a higher we, upside. We don't I know think. What he's and, be. I, yeah. Yeah. So, but positionally and all that, I kind of think there's that, that there would be some redundancy. Yeah. Well, it all remains to be seen. So hopefully hopefully by the time this episode comes out, there have been like 48 moves that the Guardians have made that everybody's like, boy, what boy, were these, these guys, guys? About? Yeah, how did they get like Carlos Correa? I'm, well, hey, there Jesus was that Christ. hot rumor for a second there that we were in on Trevor's story. I saw that. Dude, it was really funny too. to read your notes because you're like, I'm hearing this. Never mind. Yeah. He went to this team, and it was like three of the four guys. Yep. It's like the nope, Trevor Story one didn't one make off. any sense. That one didn't make no a ton makes of sense zero sense. That's like bizarre. <laughs> of all the, I, I mean, I would love if we did a Castellanos deal. Like his numbers are sick, but like we're not gonna. That's gonna be like a hundred and sixty million dollars. So my like, question is, he's thirty. Yeah. How long would you go for him? I would do. I mean, I do like a five, five or six years. Six years. Okay. At six probably years at, at least 20, at twenty-five a year. Twenty-five a year. So that's one fifty. Yeah. Boy, for a team who's maxed out at three for sixty with uh, Edwin, could you imagine if they <laughs> pulled off that deal? I mean, it's like it, yeah, it's a big number, but like. Okay, we're still under seventy million this year. You're, yeah, no, hundred percent. Still 100%. be 60, 65. Yeah, hundred percent. That's the crazy That's the thing. thing. Is like it's like I think that they're still so snake bitten by, um, Brohio and Michael Bourne. Like, get over that was like Bourne. ten years. Ago. I know. Get over. But like, I feel like they're still snake bitten by that. Deal did, it is, didn't work. It wasn't even that much money. It really does. It nothing really like showcases how like obscenely like cheap a franchise we've been to this point than to note like you did that Edwin Encarnacion's the biggest free agent contract they've ever had like that is it's like embarrassing. that is shocking utterly shocking yeah. and I understand that like free agency isn't everything but like holy hell that is so grotesque I don't know. It seems like just by default, at some point soon, that needs to change. Well, and then the argument becomes, okay, there's probably room for a few of those types of deals, whether that be Jose, uh, Castellanos, um, I wonder where he'll Other go. internal I, candidates. Uh, yeah. I mean, now that the DL in our DH is opened up. Well, finish your thought, you know, too. I, I want to make sure. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, we probably only really truly. Now, a new owner could change all of this, too. So let me throw that caveat out there. But I'm, I'm realistically thinking. We probably really only have room for two big deals. And then maybe like 
two or three smaller deals. So who do you want to re-sign? Do you want to lock Jose up for the next four years after you know his his deal expires? That yeah, that's the first one. I, I you know I, I think that's our, all of our tops of our list, and then you know yeah. okay Bieber. You know, even if we give him a four-year deal, he's probably going to be in the 25-ish range at least. So right there, you're talking about $185 million to those two guys. As currently constructed, I don't feel that the Dolans would throw out another $100 million deal. New owner could it would have blow to be that. Like, it, it would have to be I'll such a like no brainer. I mean, yeah, I, it would I have to know. be that it, like hard. it'd have to be like one of these prospects just comes up and like wins rookie of the year, like signs all like a Wander Franco deal, like a Wander for exactly. You know, it's like mm-hmm. here's a twelve year deal for like a hundred forty million dollars, <laughs> right? Right. It's like, we're going to lock you up after your rookie year. Yeah, George Valera or something. Yeah, somebody. One of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we shall see. So, all right. That's where we stand. I think think that gives a pretty good landscape of where we're at right now. Hopefully, hopefully the needle moves a little bit. um, Even in the day or couple days before this comes out but we'll see there's gonna be some big names dropping and then that's probably when you're gonna start to see like more of the middle tier free agents and stuff and so when we're gonna make our could... big moves and we're gonna get brian shaw back yeah once once we bring brian shaw home that's when everything will fall into place yep he's the linchpin to all of this that's right he's playing hardball with them right now so yeah. we'll you know and then he'll make like 80 seven appearances next year and like be like or like francona will run him out there like every game in april and may and he'll be like dead by august he he was <laughs> last season he appeared in like every other game it was crazy francona was running him ragged it was it was and he had like that velocity at the beginning of the year yeah. just like that poor guy <laughs> just like you know got tired by the end of by like the all-star break but yeah as soon as he comes back, we'll be good. So, um, all right. I think that wraps up uh, for for not much going on on the Guardian side. We did, we still managed to make a pretty full episode out of it. Yeah. Um. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, but in the meantime, be sure to uh, follow us on social at Calpinal Pod. Um, we've been doing our writing on all of the comings and goings and happenings over at awaybackgone.com. Um, so if you want to get your fill of us in written form, you can check us out there as well. Uh, and in the meantime, we'll catch you later. Bye.